This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. And welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, I'm out here in Nashville with Robin Washett and Nate Klaus as we're bringing you uh, this week's show from the Renaissance here just off Broadway Street in downtown Nashville as Nebraska getting ready for Friday's Music City Bowl. That's why we're taping the show a day earlier than normal um, to give you an extra day to, to listen to the show as we get you geared up for this Music City Bowl against Tennessee. It is a 2.30 game on Friday on ESPN. Nebraska about a six and a half point underdog going into this game as really the, the injuries and and um, you know the, the ineligibility of Nathan Gary have really been some of the key things, um, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about this last week. But no, Nathan Gary. Um, it was announced late Thursday after practice that he is ineligible for this bowl game, and Tommy Armstrong is all but ruled out. We know Jordan Westerkamp is out, Robin. Um, so when when you kind of look at this matchup early on for Nebraska. Uh, they are really going into it without very many of their marquee players. Yeah, and, you know, we kind of had an idea that maybe something was going on with Nate, but, um, you know, clearly a major blow um, not only to this defense, but this team as a whole. I mean, you're talking about a senior captain who was uh, probably the most decorated guy on this entire roster uh, as far as this season goes, and you remove him from the equation, uh, that's a significant blow in any way you want to chalk it up. But, um, I guess the good news is that, you know, Nebraska feels good about their secondary depth. Uh, you know, they're going to give some young guys an opportunity uh, to kind of elevate their roles. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a glimpse into what uh, the Huskers are going to be working with in 2017 as far as the back end of that defense. Yeah, missing Nathan Gary back there and Tommy Armstrong, argu arguably two of your leaders on, on both sides of the ball. But you also have got a couple other injuries like Marcus Newby and and a Trey Bryant, uh, some other key guys, key contributors at least. That, that and even Terrell be, Newby has been battling and, some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Terrell Newby has been battling some stuff. And Divino Zigbo has been a complete enigma <laughs> over the last, you know, two or three months or whatever it's, it's been too. So, uh, yeah, a lot of question marks surrounding this team and uh, leading into this game. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Wash, and Nate Klaus. We're here in Nashville as we get you geared up for Friday's Music City Bowl. And it's going to really be a bowl-heavy show here as uh, we've got lots of different sound and interviews that uh, I, we conducted throughout the week. And we'll, we'll get a recruiting update as well uh, from Nate Klaus as Nebraska did pick up a new commit. And um, plenty to talk about in recruiting, but we wanted to keep things really more focused uh, on the bowl game since we are all out here in Nashville. And, and you know, bowl trips are, are, are obviously a mixture of business and pleasure, Robin, as uh, we chuckle. It's kind of the uh, overdone question at bowl trips. The head coach uh, gets the uh, how do you mix the uh, business with pleasure aspect on the trip. And, and we've got a chance uh, to see really Nebraska mix in that pleasure out here um, in Nashville. It started Sunday night. Um, if you've ever been to Nashville, um, it is one of the more entertaining cities in the country, uh, especially with the music scene. You go down Broadway Street, and, and there are countless music venues and bars with dance floors, and there are no cover charges. And some of the up-and-coming music artists around
down country music are down there performing. And right off the bat, Robin, we saw the Husker players having a great time enjoying uh, just the sights and sounds of what Nashville had to offer. There were guys swing dancing that I didn't knew or know could uh, even think about swing dancing. So that it was kind of fun to watch guys kind of uh, enjoy just the, the entire scene of, of Nashville. And like you said, there's no shortage of uh, entertainment and fun things to do. Uh, it's all kind of centrally located, um, especially if you just walk down Broadway Street. Then, um, you know, the best thing is not only are there, you know, music acts, but you're talking about some of the best, um, you know, performers in the country. And so it's a, it's a fun uh, environment. And, uh, you know, uh, it, if you're not going to get the beach, this is a nice, uh, nice, you know, second option to, to, to have a, an entertainment district like this. And um, certainly a, a pretty fun scene for a bowl game. And they've, they've done a really good job. I know there's a lot of kind of fluff that goes around bowls about this is a great bowl, you know, great hospitality. But uh, really, you know, the Music City Bowl has done nothing but impress with, you know, kind of the events they've put on for not only the, the teams, uh, but for some of the fans as well. You know, and, and Nate and I had a chance to cover really one of the more entertaining team outings they had out here for the players. And uh, let's first start, Nate, with uh, the hot chicken eating competition. Uh, both Tennessee and Nebraska had five players each, right? Yeah, five players. And uh, they brought in chicken from Hattie B's, which, by the way, I think we're going to go there for lunch today. That's, I've already made that decision that <laughs> um, we're going to forego the workout and go to Hattie B's for lunch. Uh, but Nashville is known for its hot chicken. And it's not wings. It's more of a breaded tender uh, with a real spicy sauce cooked in it. Um, and Nebraska had a group of players led by Garrett Johns and Robbie Painter um, that just destroyed what Tennessee had to offer on the other side of the table. Yeah, it was uh, that was a lot of fun actually to, to watch this hot chicken eating contest. Yeah, John Riordan, uh, Jalen Barnett, who who uh, I think a lot of people may have tabbed as the favorite to win uh, the, the competition heading into it, uh, and then Garrett Johns, Robbie Painter, Ty Betka, all five seven, one hundred and sixty pounds of, of him, uh, you know, did a few backflips when he got announced and, and went up there, but. Um, and then Tennessee was announced, and at first I kind of got the sense that Nebraska was a little intimidated because Tennessee had some, you know, some big dudes heading up there too. But uh, boy, I tell you what, Garrett Johns and Robbie Painter just were relentless. Uh, they downed twelve, and Raritan was a nice uh, anchor one, guy. Yeah, Raritan was too. Um, but and these aren't just normal like chicken tenders or chicken fingers or whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're they're. Huge. Almost like breaded patties. Yeah, I mean, it, they look like breaded chicken breasts. I mean, and uh, Robbie Painter, Garrett Johns, I think they downed 12 in regulation. And then they had a tiebreaker for the, the championship. And, and they ate four, right? And they ate four. Uh, but Garrett Johns finished his four or swallowed his four or whatever first. So uh, so he got the belt. But who, who was the guy from Tennessee? Tennessee had a player that came up literally a 6'5", 350-pound uh, guy that took his shirt off, and he comes up on the stage. I mean, if you're going to go that all in, take your shirt off, you better have a better performance. And, and he went up there and just laid an egg. Yeah, I think his name is Charles Mosley. Uh, yeah, 6'5", 6'6", 360-pound dude. <laughs> took his shirt off. Got got the place going. Uh, you know, probably not the not – the, the, the typical uh, beach body to be taking your shirt off was put it that way. But uh, yeah, he, he went up there and, and then, you know, six foot, 250, 260 pound Garrett Johns just 
completely destroyed this guy. It was a 1997 Nebraska <laughs> O-line beating of Tennessee where the little sawed-off in-state walk-ons just went right through Tennessee. And, and maybe that's a, a preview of what's to come here on Friday. And um, we know Tennessee obviously has great skill players and stuff, but I think the lines will be interesting to see. But uh, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. And you know, lastly, Nate, on the, on the entertaining or entertainment part of the trip, uh, I thought this was really cool. Every bull trip tries to do something that's unique to their city. Well, Nashville, country music, um, and they got some of the top songwriters in country music together with the Nebraska players, with the Tennessee players. And uh, the Nebraska players, Pernell Jefferson, Deshaun Neal, Graham Nabity, uh kind of led that group. There's two more I'm missing. Jordan Ober and then one other that I'm drawing a blank on right now. But they got up on stage and they performed a song and then Tennessee did. And Tennessee won that. It was based on crowd noise. You're in Nashville. You're playing Tennessee. So Nebraska didn't have much of a chance. But t- Tennessee did a really good job up there, up there. So that was fun to see. But uh, the highlight was the coaches. Um, I asked Mike Riley going in. I go, so who's going to sing? Are you going to sing? I asked uh, Banker, are you going to be one of the guys singing? And, and both of them says, no, no, we're not singing. Well, they were up there singing. And it wasn't pretty. No, it was not. They, there was, uh, you know, had the whole coaching staff on stage uh, singing karaoke. And, you know, some guys did not look like they were in their did elements. Did John Perella and Trent Bray, like, even sing? Well, I, I think they tried. I think they did not have a chance to pick their own song, I don't think. So I think that was a little – they were a little out of their element there. I was told leading up to that that if it was Bruce Springsteen, uh, that, that Trent Bray would probably do a solo and, and take, that, take that trophy home, uh, completely destroy Tennessee in the karaoke competition. But uh, the boss was not picked. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I forget what the song was, but, yeah. Rolling on a River. Proud Mary. So, uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, Nebraska coaching staff uh, didn't did Keith not. Keith Williams and Brian Stewart and Dante Williams, they, they were respectable up there. But to be fair, Tennessee wasn't that much better if no. they were better. Uh, and but and that that kind of set the tone. Butch Jones goes on stage with his whole staff, so I think that put the pressure on Nebraska that they had to go up there. And, and seeing Mike Cavanaugh on stage singing with Mark Banker with Reggie <laughs> Davis behind him, that was pretty funny to see. Well, yeah, and, and then Tavita Thompson with his arm around Danny Langsdorf, uh, <laughs> sharing a microphone. Yeah, that was it. Was it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of you know everyone there enjoyed it. I think both teams had a great time. Everyone had good food. Uh, it was just a, it was a pretty cool setting yeah and that's what bull trips are all about I think people lose sight of that you you get such a national narrative oh these bull games are pointless they're meaningless why do they play them well I think it's the opportunities it gives the student athletes to, to to go on trips to do things to reward them to allow the coaches and their families and the athletic department people to to really kind of have an, a reward for um, a long year of work and 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 that's what it's really all about to me and just gives guys a chance to kind of take a step away. You know, they're in such grind mode for, you know, three or four months, you know, getting ready for a season, going through a season. Now you kind of 
get to see guys, you know, just be normal dudes for a week. And, you know, I think just from our perspective, it's one of the most enjoyable weeks of the season because, you know, just from a personal level, you can, I mean, the, the we gu- sleep in and yeah, they, well, yeah. That, and then just with the interaction with the players and coaches, you know, the, the, the guard goes down a little bit and, you know, you get to, um, you know, interact with, you know, these guys maybe a little bit more casually than you would in, you know, a normal work situation. So it's a, it's a fun experience all the way around. And yeah, you know, I guess, um, uh, you would have said going in the season, Nebraska going to the music city bowl, you know, you probably wouldn't get that excited, but, uh, when you're down here and you just see, you know, the work these guys are putting in, you know, and, and the fun that they're having, uh, it shows that it's all worth it. When we come back, we're going to, um, talk more about the game itself, some of the key storylines and, and what we've seen in practice. And then we've got a one-on-one interview with running back Divino Zigbo that we'll, we'll play here later on in the show. And also just, um, several clips of interviews that we got throughout the week here in Nashville. Then we'll close things uh, with a recruiting report from Nate Klaus. But we'll break down the storylines here in Nashville next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show and this special Music City Bowl edition from Nashville, we're taping the show actually at the Media Hotel here, just off Broadway Street um, in downtown Nashville, and uh, had a chance to kind of hit on some bigger picture items here from the bowl game. But we wanted to kind of delve in more now to the matchup itself. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. This segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, with five locations in Omaha, two in Lincoln. If you're looking for a great place to watch Friday's Music City Bowl um, and you're, you're wanting to get off work early, Tanner's and any one of those seven Omaha Lincoln locations will be the spot you want to be as you can watch the Nebraska game at 2.30 and then later on that night you're going to have Michigan playing Florida State in the Orange Bowl. So a uh, great opportunity to get into Tanner's, get some wings, drink some beer and, and watch some college football here on Friday. But let's get into this matchup, Robin, uh, and, and let's start right off the bat with the quarterback position. Um, we've talked about this for the last few weeks. We didn't think that Tommy Armstrong was going to play. Uh, We thought there was going to maybe be that hero moment where he tries to show up with pads and a helmet and go out to practice. Well, that hasn't happened. Um, He has not practiced out here in Nashville. He is not going to play. Best case scenario, maybe emergency number two quarterback. And I think that's a stretch, honestly, uh, when you look at things. And it's going to be Riker Fife's game. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he hasn't even put a helmet on since that Iowa game says everything you need to know. And uh, it will be Riker Fife, and he's going to have to be the guy that um, leads this team. But really, uh, what this matchup comes down to for Nebraska is how well they can run the football. If they can consistently move the chains on the ground and establish a running game between the tackles, that's going to take so much pressure off Fife. And if he's not being asked to throw the ball 35, 40 times, I actually think you know he'll be pretty good in that offense because he's you know he's not the most you know dynamic playmaker at quarterback, but you know I think he's certainly more than capable uh, of leading this offense and being able to produce with his arm. Um, and he's also got some running ability too. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be a complete change of the offense with Riker Fife running the show. I mean we saw what he could do that Maryland game. I mean he led four straight scoring drives to open that game. So um, I, I don't think this is a you know complete you know end of the world situation for Nebraska. Obviously, losing a player of Tommy Armstrong's caliber is not ideal, but I don't think that it's, uh, like I said, completely throw this game uh, in the trash just because, you know, Riker 5 is going to be the guy. I think that he is perfectly capable of winning this game. 
I find it kind of interesting that Mike Riley hasn't ruled Tommy out yet. Uh, that's that's probably. I mean, I think you and I. I mean, we all know it. It's probably uh, gamesmanship. Yeah, and it has to be. Uh, but I asked Butch Jones yesterday, and he they know it's Riker Fife, yeah. and and they they said it's been kind of a challenge to prepare for him because there's not a lot out there to watch. Yeah, and that, which could play in Nebraska's favor. I mean, um, you you have Alonzo Moore wearing wearing Tommy's cleats and his helmet. Uh, because he said that that's the only way that that uh, he's going to walk off the field at the same time. That sounds safe, though, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it's like, is it yeah, is it the exact fit? <laughs> I mean, well, I yeah, so. yeah, I asked him. I, I said, so you you wear the same size shoe as Tommy, and he's like, no, it's his shoes are actually a little bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so an injury-prone receiver, Alonzo Moore, is going to be wearing shoes that are too big and a helmet that's a different size. I guess so. So, um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But, yeah, I mean, as far as Riker goes, uh, I think he does bring, you know, maybe – it definitely adds a different element to this game uh, as far as leadership abilities. You know, Riker is real – I mean, he's kind of real buttoned up, uh, doesn't really say a whole lot, doesn't get flustered. And we've seen Tommy, especially kind of down the stretch here, kind of get into it with some guys and um, heard, you know, some stories yeah, and heard some stories and heard some stories stuff. And, uh, so and then and then you have, you know, a guy in Riker who, like Robin said, is it was pretty darn efficient in that Maryland game. Um, you know, I, I think he's not quite the risk taker uh, that that Tommy is, and which could bode well for Nebraska. I, I keep seeing a lot of parallel, and maybe it's just me, but I, I keep seeing a lot of parallels between this game and maybe what Nebraska needs to do um, in in the bowl game last year with with UCLA and what they needed to do in terms of taking the load off the quarterback and and really establishing that ground game. Well, in bowl games in general, as we're discussing the Music City Bowl in Nebraska and Tennessee, you're listening to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, Robin Washett. Bowl games in general are just hard to figure out. And perfect example is Minnesota-Washington State. I mean, nobody, nobody gave Minnesota a chance to beat Washington State the other night here in the Holiday Bowl. The Gophers went through just you know, a terrible off-the-field distraction uh, with the suspensions and the sexual assault case from back in September. Uh, they were down to eight defensive backs against the premier passing offense, arguably in college football, of Mike Leach. And not only did they win, they completely shut down Mike Leach's offense um, because they wanted it more, they schemed it better, and you kind of get the sense Nebraska's got that approach in this game. I mean, they really want it. We know the practice schedule's been extensive uh, they've gotten after it. Um, there just seems to be a drive, a focus level for this game, and you wonder if it's there on the Tennessee side, Robin. Yeah, one thing you have to keep in mind is the, the Mike Riley factor and his success in preparing his teams uh, to play some of their best football in bowl games. I mean, seven and two career in bowl games, and I mean, you don't get that by accident. And uh, talking with some of his coaches who have been with him a long time, that was one thing that they all. Uh, agreed on that there was just something about Mike Riley's philosophy when it comes to getting his teams ready and you know Mike, Mark Banker even said uh, you know that it's not like they've been playing for national championships where you know the motivation is just already there uh, they, they, they have to find ways to create um, that you know excitement and focus and uh, there's something just about the way that not only do they get ready for games but they maximize their time and preparing for the next season kind of getting a second spring 
practice and that month of bowl prep. And so it just seems to be everything that they do uh, is the right way to do it. And so I, I think that that's going to be a huge factor because, um, you know, I think Nebraska is about as dialed in as you would expect them to be, um, you know, given the circumstances. Uh, and then you got to wonder, is Tennessee going to be the same way? This is a team that went through a lot of issues, uh, especially with the way that this season ended. Um, you know, Bush Jones resorting to the champions of life, uh, you know, mantra. So I don't know. I think that this could be a very similar situation. Sean, like you said, what UCLA, they didn't really want to be there. They didn't even lead the state for their bowl. Same thing with Tennessee. And so I think the the want factor uh, could be in Nebraska's favor. And Nate, to me, it really comes down to running the football. Um, we know Riker Fife, they're not going to win this game if he has to throw the ball 35, 40 times and, and be chased around by Derek Barnett, Tennessee's All-American defensive end, who uh, Jerry Godowski, um, former Husker quarterback and now Vanderbilt uh, quarterback's coach, said he was the best defensive player Vanderbilt saw in the entire SEC this year. You take that guy out of the game, in my opinion, by running the ball right at him. Yeah, I, I think you uh, you have to. And we were talking, you know, off mic that uh, maybe a little bit like like a Randy Gregory type of guy. You know, if you're going to be a drop back uh, passing quarterback, he could make your life a living hell. But if you run right at him um, and and try to beat him right at, at the point of attack, you could have some success there. And I, I think um, I think that's Nebraska's I think key to success here is is. Uh, being able to, to be physical up front and, and establishing a ground game, kind of punch them in the mouth first type of deal, you know, uh, take it right to these guys uh, and, and break their will or whatever will they may have uh, heading into this game. Uh, because you, you certainly saw that, um, you know, kind of play out that way last year against UCLA. And I think that worked out very well. But I think this is a little bit different front, uh, defensive front at least, uh, than UCLA had last year. Um, I know Mike Cavanaugh has said they're really that, hurt on the defensive line, though Tennessee. Yeah, um, they're they're athletic. They, I know they they do have a couple guys. Two out. or three like starting level defensive line guys are, are not available, and they've moved defensive ends to D tackle. I mean they've they've had a mess up front, which is why their running game defense has struggled. Yeah, it's um, they've given up just hemorrhaging yards uh, defensively. I know I think they're 111th right now and, and against the run against the run. Which is which is unbelievable, but um, but you know Nebraska's faced that before the Purdue game. I don't know, I can't remember the exact number that that Purdue defense was giving up against the run. Uh, it wasn't very it wasn't very pretty though. Uh, but Nebraska wasn't able to quite establish the running game that day like like we expected. But um, you know I, I fully expect them to to you know, try to get that work in here against the the Volunteers on, on Friday. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus as we're talking uh, storylines to watch here at Friday's Music City Bowl. And as we kind of wrap things up, Robin, let's shift over to Nebraska's defense. And I think we know a lot about Tennessee's quarterback, Josh Dobbs. I mean, I think some people had him second team All-SEC. Um, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. A very smart, intelligent guy that can run, that can throw. He's big. He's physical. Um, and I, I look at the secondary, Robin. I think that will be – uh, the group that has to step up their game. We know Nate Gary's out, and Tennessee's got some big athletic receivers that can make plays. Um, can Nebraska win those 50-50 ball situations, especially on some of those key third down plays where they're just going to chuck it up there? Yeah, this is going to be a test uh, unlike anything Nebraska's secondary has faced yet this season. Uh, you know, just from a physicality, size, speed uh, standpoint, I mean, Tennessee is, is a different animal. In fact, uh, you know, Brian Stewart says that when you go and watch them take the field, 
for pregame warmups, there's going to be a wow moment when you're like, holy cow, these guys are thoroughbreds. And, um, you know, they, they, they've got more than multiple guys. You know, I, I remember, you know, that South Carolina bowl game, you know, just watching guys like Alshon Jeffrey, you know, take the field. And I'm like, these guys are freaks. That's an SEC team. Yeah. They just passed the, the eyeball test. Yeah. So, I mean, that this is going to be, uh, like I said, a, a, a big test here. And so, um, you know, one thing to keep in mind, now that we talked about Antonio Reed making his first start, Lamar Jackson, true freshman, is going to play a lot as that other boundary corner in the nickel and dime packages and they expect Juwan Jennings a big 6-3 wide receiver to get matched up one-on-one with him and uh, for a Tennessee Josh Malone another good receiver yeah, for Malone's Tennessee. their leading receiver but Jennings is their number two receiver and they're going to try and match him up one-on-one against Lamar Jackson and so this is going to be kind of a a man's game for him uh, to, to answer the call in his biggest test of his young career well it should be uh, quite a test for that secondary and uh, we're going to continue to talk storylines I've got uh, just some different sights and sounds that I'm going to share with you from this Music City Bowl. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here in Nashville for this special edition as we're getting you ready for Friday's Music City Bowl, Nebraska and Tennessee. And it's really been a great week here in Nashville. Bowl week always brings maybe some of the best access we get to the players and the coaches all season. It's just a much more relaxed atmosphere. So I, what I wanted to do in this segment was just bring you uh, a ton of different sound clips from several interviews that I got throughout the week as we talked to a lot of the players, a lot of the coaches about this game with Tennessee and obviously just about being here in Nashville. And, and that's where we start as head coach Mike Riley just talked about what it means to bring his team out here into Nashville. It's fun to bring them to Nashville. This is a great city, you know, and I think it's it's a unique city. And I think that there, if we can balance out all the football that we need to do with them getting a chance to enjoy the city and then we win the game, that will be a good trip. And I can tell you from the players' perspective, guys like Brandon Riley and, and a lot of the players have really enjoyed all the aspects of what this bowl trip has been about here in Nashville. Yeah, you know, we, we've heard a lot about it. You know, a lot of family friends of mine said, oh, Nashville's a great place. Go check it out. And, you know, now that we're here and we got, you know, one night to, you know, check things out, you know, it's a great, it's a great tourist spot. And, you know, it's probably a place I'll come back to later in life. And clearly the biggest question for Nebraska as they get ready for this game against Tennessee is, will Riker Fife be able to get the job done earlier on in the week? Riley didn't completely close the door on Tommy Armstrong playing in this game. Uh, I think the best case scenario maybe would be he could be like an emergency backup and suit up. But as of right now, it looks pretty much slim to none. We will ever see Tommy Armstrong on the field again as a Husker. Tommy, as you guys probably noted today, did not practice again. You know, and it's like I said the other day, my belief is is at this point, Riker's going to start the game for us. I'm hopeful that Tommy makes progress and and could be you know that emergency guy possibly but you know on the other side that with it's it's Monday right now so I'm not going to be say finally that he's out of the game for sure but he has not practiced we also won't see wide receiver Jordan Westerkamp in this game for Nebraska as he suffered a non-contact knee injury uh, in bowl practices. And Westerkamp talked about what he's going through right now. And currently, uh, he's in about a two-and-a-half to three-month recovery process from that injury and said he's got a lot of confidence, though, that Riker Fife will be able to get the job done here for the Huskers at quarterback. I think he'll perform real well. He's a really laid-back guy, relaxed, um, knows when he's in the moment, and 
gets after it in practice, and you know that's all you can ask of a guy. And he's you know he's played plenty plenty of times now where you, you see what he can do. <coughs> he's an accurate passer. He, he can take hits. He can even run. He showed some some runs against uh, against Maryland. So um, I'm. I'm Pretty positive he'll do, he'll do real well in this game. And one of the players that's going to be looked at to step up a lot in this game in Westerkamp's slot receiver position is Brandon Riley. Earlier on this year in games against Purdue and Indiana, Riley had to step into that same position. And I know Riley is really looking forward to this opportunity because he really hasn't had the type of year he wanted considering a year ago when he had over 800 yards receiving. Uh, he just hasn't put up the numbers or had the type of senior year he would have liked. Yeah, you know, it's a big game for me personally, and obviously, you know, Westy being out, it hurts our room, you know, with the player he has, and, you know, you know it hurts us too with a guy like him missing out on, you know, his, his final college game. So, you know, I feel there's a little more weight on my shoulders, but, you know, I accept that, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We also had a chance to catch up with former Nebraska quarterback Jerry Godowski, a Fremont native who is now the quarterback's coach and recruiting coordinator at Vanderbilt. You also have a few other Husker guys on that staff. Former Bo Pelini strength coach James Dobson is now in his second year as the Commodores strength and conditioning coach. And you have Austin Everson, uh, who was a recruiting personnel guy for the previous staff working here in Nashville as well. But for Godowski, it was the first time in 20 years he has seen a Nebraska practice in person. He gave some thoughts on just what it meant to be back. No, it's fun. It's good. You know, seeing seeing a few people. You know, there's a f still a few familiar faces: uh, Jerry Weber, Kenny Wilhite, John Perella. You know, uh, a few guys that that I I know and from back when I played. You know, so it's good to come out, see some, some familiar faces, and uh, check things out a little bit. Meanwhile, let's look over on the defensive side of the ball as you look at some of the challenges for Nebraska in this game. One of them will be just slowing down quarterback Josh Dobbs, who really runs the show for this Tennessee volunteer offense. Linebackers coach Trent Bray gave his thoughts on what that's going to take. It's really once because you get everything covered and he's still that weapon, they can still move the chains because of his ability to run so it's it's really up front being able to contain him and keep him in that pocket and then when he does get free having those free players going and getting them and finally another thing that really has this defensive coaching staff worried for Friday is just the physical size of Tennessee's wide receivers and tight ends they have two really athletic 6-3 receivers on the edge and then they have a 6-5-6-6 tight end that could really cause some matchup problems and that has Brian Stewart's full attention as he gets his guys ready in the secondary. I wouldn't say Big Ten receivers are bad. I mean, I think there's some solid, solid, solid receivers. Uh, but I would say these dudes, they could roll. Well, you know, when they jog out, if you guys are there pregame, they jog out there, it's going to be a while. You're going to see some nice-sized guys, and they're going to be running like deer. So um, I'm excited about that challenge. I definitely am excited about that challenge. And one of those guys that will be looked at to cover some of those bigger Tennessee wide receivers will be safety Antonio Reed. He'll be starting in the place of the ineligible Nate Gary at safety. And for him, there's a lot of motivation playing a game. Uh, he grew up just outside of Memphis in Mississippi, and Tennessee obviously did not recruit him out of high school, and I asked him about that here in Nashville. Are you so, kind of hungry to show what you can do against an SEC team, knowing that a lot of SEC teams maybe passed you up as a recruit? Actually, that was that was my biggest thing, getting ready for this game. Like, I'm, yeah, I am from the state, but Tennessee, I mean, they never came over to the area. So, honestly, yeah, I just, I'm just hungry to show what I can do. 
So what they said they so, did. Once again, Nebraska and Tennessee will play here on Friday in Nissan Stadium. It's the fourth year in a row the Huskers have played their bowl game in a different NFL venue. It's a 2:30 game that can be seen on ABC as the Volunteers are eight and four, Nebraska nine and three. When we come back here on the Husker Online Show, I had a chance to catch up with Nebraska's running back Devino Zigbo. He shared some thoughts and insight on why he wasn't really playing here down the stretch and are we going to see him play more in this game against Tennessee we'll share all that with you next here you're listening to the Husker online show you're listening to huskeronline.com your authority on Nebraska athletics and welcome back here to the Husker online show Sean Callahan here in Nashville for this special bowl game edition as Nebraska getting ready to take on Tennessee in the Music City Bowl to 2:30 game on Friday in Nissan Stadium and you know one of the key really biggest keys for this game for Nebraska will be running the football and uh, we know Trey Bryant is going to be out of this game with a hamstring injury he's he has not practiced all week and even Terrell Newby has battled some injuries so it's really led us uh, to one of the bigger questions and that's been running back Divine Ozigbo um, this is a guy that early on in the year was Nebraska's number one running back through the first three games. He had 103 yards rushing on 17 carries in the opener against Fresno State, uh, had just 44 yards against Wyoming, but then against Oregon, um, he had 95 yards. Um, he was really um, the key guy back there with four rushing touchdowns in those first three games. Well, ever since suffering an ankle injury against Illinois, we really, in, in, in Indiana, we really haven't seen much of Ozigbo. In fact, since that Wisconsin game, he's had a total of 13 carries for Nebraska. He has not taken a carry since the Ohio State game, and it's led to a lot of questions. Has it been the injury that's kept the Divino Zigbo out of action right now, or has there been more to it? Are the coaches not happy about something? Well, I had a chance out here in Nashville to catch up with Divino Zigbo at Nebraska's bowl practice, and I think we're going to see a lot of him in this game, and, and he gave us some more insight on maybe why he wasn't playing much this season. We're sophomore running back Divino Zigbo here at Nebraska's bowl practice as you guys are out here getting ready for the Music City Bowl against Nashville. First of all, what are your thoughts of, of this city and, and what you've seen so far here? I like it. You know, we went out a little bit just to see the town a little bit uh, yesterday. It wasn't really much going on because of uh, it being Christmas and all, but it's been nice. The weather's great. That's one of the part of the best things about it so far. Uh, going into this game, the running back situation with Trey Bryant's hamstring and even Terrell kind of battling some stuff, and then you know you, you kind of battled an injury. But obviously, you guys are going to be called on to take on a big load. How would you describe kind of where the running back position is at as you guys uh, move into Friday's game? Uh, you know, I feel like it's in a good spot. Uh, you know, except for the fact Trey's out. He's out right now. He probably, I think he'll be back a little bit for the game. But you know, we're all ready to go. If our numbers call, you know, we'll be ready. You know, if they if they put us in, we'll be ready to play. There's not going to be any excuses. You know, there's no injuries that's going to stop us from doing what we need to do. I got to ask you this. I mean, you're a guy that at one point might have been the top back on the team for points of this season, but ever since maybe the Wisconsin game, we haven't seen much of you. Why weren't you on the field? Was it the injury? Was it something else? What was keeping you maybe off the field the last few games of the season? Uh, I don't know, the coaches talked to me a little bit. They said it was a, it was a trust factor. You know, when I came back after you know healing up a little bit, there was a couple of mental mistakes that I was making that others weren't. 
So, so it's like it was on me. I just had to, you know, correct those mistakes, do what I had to do, show them I knew everything in practice, and then I would have got there. But it just took a little longer. Talking running back to Bino Zigbo here at Nebraska's bowl practices. I mean, what what type of trust factor mistakes? Um, kind of where they were referring to just like little things things that I did right before things that everybody else is doing right things that I there's no excuse to get wrong so it, it all made sense you know just you know like little things that maybe if I wouldn't have got hurt things would like they wouldn't have too worried about because they know I can pick it up but you know after being hurt coming back you want to make sure you guys 100% everywhere uh, like up top and, and physically so that's one thing how hard was that for you because you came out of the gate so hot I mean, the first couple games, it looked like you were the number one back, um, and then to kind of have to take a back seat and, and sit back for several weeks, that, that couldn't have been easy. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. You know, I had to, you know, I had to grow up and mature a little bit throughout the situation, but I feel like it taught me a lot about myself, and uh, it was an experience I had to go through. So I'm happy, you know, hopefully it's in the past and I can just move on. Now you guys will have a healthy, fresh offensive line blocking for you. What have you noticed just with maybe having Nick and Tanner and Gerald Foster all healthy practice in this month. I mean, have you noticed a difference with how that line's looked? Yeah, they definitely gelled a lot better. Uh, those gelled like a lot more throughout this uh, bowl prep and things like that. You know, like they're, you know, they always have a, a really good friendship. That's all the thing when, you know, guys are out, you know, like the chemistry's off. And I feel like just the chemistry's the biggest thing because they're all pretty good. Everybody's good individually, but when you have a line that, you know, works well together, that's when you get the most success. What's this offense going to look like with Riker Fife versus Tommy Armstrong? Um, I, I, I feel like we can do a lot of the same things. Riker's an athlete. I think people don't give him uh, his credit. But, you know, I think Coach Langs is going to call the plays that he thinks Rikes uh, succeeds at. And I don't really, I don't really, I don't really no difference, but I know, we're, I know we plan on running the ball heavy regardless with, with Rike or with the back. So I just think it's going to be, you know, a, a lot of run mixing with some great passes. Yeah, you look at Tennessee, they're like 111th in the nation against the run. Um, and teams have gone, you know, 400 plus yards on their. I mean, so when you're a running back, how much do you kind of lick your chops? Almost kind of reminds you of last year's bowl game with UCLA, knowing that there was a big opportunity for you guys going into Friday's game. Yeah, it's definitely one thing, but Coach Davis has been talking to us all week about, you know, they're ranked this in the run, but we have to go out there and prove that's why they're ranked that way. It doesn't really matter if they're ranked, you know, that uh, where they are, and we go out there and we just have like a 30-yard rushing game. It doesn't matter what they're ranked. The hell is 30 yards. So we have to go out there and prove that, you know, this is the defense we're playing, and that's like they earned that spot, I guess you could say. What, um, yeah, for you, that bowl game last year kind of springboarded your season. I mean, how much are you hoping for a bowl game like this to really springboard things for you? A lot. I'm hoping, you know, if I, when I, when and if I do get my opportunities, make the most of them, and just, you know, just hopefully prepare myself for the next season, you know, try to be the outright back, the number one back on the team. That's my goal. So hopefully I can start with this week or this game. Well, Divine, best of luck in the bowl game here on Friday. Sure, thank you. Well, thanks again here to running back Divine Ozigbo for joining us here on the Husker Online Show. There's no question in my mind you are going to see Ozigbo take on a bigger load in this game, mainly because Riker Fife, you know, he's a guy that you want to give some running support. And you look at this Tennessee defense, they rank 111th in the country, and there's going to be an opportunity for Ozigbo and Nebraska, I think, to really run the ball and have some success um, in this game on the ground. And they're going to need more than just Terrell Newby. And I think that's where Ozigbo and even maybe Mikhail Wilbon will come into play here in Friday's game against Tennessee. When we come back, we're going to close the show. Nebraska picked up another commit. There's other guys that are on the board. We're going to close the show with some recruiting talk as Nate Klaus will rejoin us. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Final segment here of our special bowl edition from Nashville. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus now is uh, we're going to shift the conversation over to recruiting, Nate, and, and Nebraska's near 100-day drought of not getting a verbal commitment uh, finally came to an end. It was on Christmas Day, and I know just how much you and your wife, Stacy <laughs> love covering Christmas Day, recruiting commitments. Um, Andrew Ward, a linebacker, <laughs> gives Nebraska a much-needed one. Yeah, well, it, we're able to cross another holiday off the uh, off the list there because we've had multiple commitments on the 4th of July before. I think we've done mem- Memorial Day, um, so we're able to cross off Labor Christmas. Day is a must. Yeah, Labor Day is a must. Uh, we're able to, to cross off Christmas. Uh, you know, kind of did did the story on my phone from the dinner table. So um, so that's always fun. But yeah, a huge uh, pickup for Nebraska for multiple reasons. I mean, not only is Andrew Ward a kid that they've been after, you know, since the spring, he he kind of ended the drought. There's a Husker, slump buster. Yeah, he's a slump buster. <laughs> I mean, Nebraska fans were really starting to get into panic mode over recruiting and, and how long they had gone without a commitment. They had lost a couple guys. You know, you had the decommitment of Robert Porsche, the decommitment of Reese Leto, and they were wondering, you know, when is Nebraska going to get the next commitment? Um, you're just kind of seeing their commit list dwindle a little bit. But uh, Andrew Ward pulled the trigger on, on, on Christmas Day, and, and he's a kid that they – they targeted in the spring, uh, really liked him, had kind of, I think, had, you know, little suspect grades maybe. Uh, so he was a little undervalued, uh, maybe didn't get as many offers as he probably should have, but uh, came to the spring game, had a great time, came to, uh, you know, Nebraska for his official visit with his mother. Uh, and, he, and he decided that, hey, I want to be a black shirt. I want to play for Trent Bray. Um, you know, and, and I like everything that he brings to the table. He's about 6'1", 6'2", 210 pounds, um, <clears throat> plays middle linebacker for his high school and uh, was extremely productive, was an all-state player on, on multiple lists and, and uh, was a defensive player of the year in, in, in his region. So um, he's a really physical guy. I, I think what, I, what you have to like about him the most is he's just – he comes across as a, just a true football player, great in, instincts. Uh, and is a guy who could play in the middle, but probably will start out as a outside linebacker for Nebraska. So, uh, and that gives them three linebacker commits now. Now, they can shut down that position if they want to do that, uh, or if they want to continue to go after maybe one more, you know, instant impact type of guy or, or one more difference maker in this class. I think they kind of have an option to do that as well. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we're wrapping up this special bowl edition of the Husker Online Show from Nashville, we're talking recruiting in, in Nebraska, as Nate just broke down, got the linebacker commit from Andrew Ward. Um, now going forward, I think, Nate, the next thing on the timeline is the U.S. Army All-American Bowl uh, practices open up um, on Monday in San Antonio. The game is on national television on NBC on Saturday. And you, you look up and down the roster, there's some years, Nate, where there's really not a reason to follow it as a Nebraska fan. Well, this year, a lot different. When you go up and down this U.S. Army All-American game uh, that will open up camp on Monday, uh, there are a lot of guys uh, that you're going to be having your eyes on clo- uh, and following what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is a year that maybe there's more targets playing in this game um, or there haven't been as many targets playing in this game since maybe 2005 when you had 
the Marlon Lucky and the, the Indomitian Sioux, Craig Rourke, and I mean, all those guys uh, that were playing <clears throat> in that game. So just on the West team alone, there's about seven legitimate targets uh, that are going to be on that team, um, you know, and playing in the game. And, and most of them are uncommitted guys right now. And they're going to have a handful of players that are making their decisions at the game. I think the top two guys, of course, um, you know, are Foster Sorrell, the number three overall player in the country, the number one offensive tackle. Nebraska has really done um, done a lot of work there. They've invested an awful lot of time. They've been recruiting this kid since he was a freshman in high school uh, when they were back at Oregon State. So uh, to be in his final three, uh, you know, along with uh, with some other and powers. And he'll announce there. And right? he'll, yeah, he's, he's announcing at the game. <clears throat> I, I think, uh, you know, that's a big deal. You have Chuck Filiaga, the Rivals 250 offensive tackle, who's going to be announcing at the game. Jameer Calvin, uh, who we've talked about an awful lot on this show and and on Husker Online over you know since uh, since the spring game or since before then even um, is going to be announcing at the game and I think you have to like Nebraska's chances there um, you know and, and he could be that third wide receiver uh, to to pop here for Nebraska so um, you know those are the main guys that are going to be announcing you also have Darnay Holmes that's going to be announcing at the game. And there's an outside chance. I, I think that Nebraska is still kind of in this in the mix here. Um, you know, Ohio State is kind of rumored to be the leader. Uh, and then you have a couple of the L.A. schools, U- USC, UCLA, that are right there in the mix. But uh, I'm telling you, uh, don't count out Nebraska. I, I don't want to say that it's going to happen, but at the same time, uh, I, I still think there's an outside chance that a Darnay Holmes, um, you know, could could pull a shocker, could shock the world, and and do something crazy. And, and if that happened, I think and that he's going to announce in San Antonio. He's sure. announcing at San Antonio. He's a mid-year enrollee oh, now. Oh, so he has to be. Yeah. How, is there enough time to get your stuff processed at that point? Well, I think for a guy like Darnay Holmes, you, you the paperwork gets expedited. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, it gets it gets uh, a little less red tape on on that paperwork. I, I think, but. Um, and who knows, maybe things had been, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, pre-done a little bit. A lot of times with mid-year enrollees that haven't decided uh, exactly where they're going, they've already done the application process at their top schools and, and kind of started that process. So um, I don't know if Darnay's done that with Nebraska, but I know that that has happened in the past uh, where you, you felt pretty good about a guy going going to Nebraska because he's already filed paperwork and, and has started that process, but all of a sudden he he you know committed to another school. Well, maybe Nebraska could be you know could be that school uh, to get a guy uh, or be on the other end of that deal here. But uh, and then you have a handful of other guys that aren't commit or that aren't announcing at the game, but that are playing in it. You know Joseph Lewis, uh, the you know one of the five star wide receivers. Uh, Greg Johnson, his his teammate, one of the top overall athletes in the country. Uh, Diamador Lenore um, is is going to be down there too, who's a, a top cornerback prospect. So just an awful lot of targets on that West team that are going to be uh, playing there. So uh, something for Nebraska fans definitely to tune in and watch. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we're wrapping up this bowl edition of the Husker Online Show from Nashville, talking some recruiting storylines. And, uh, you know, this Army All-American Bowl is going to be uh, very entertaining to watch, Nate. But, um, you know, when when you follow recruiting as a whole for Nebraska, I still get the sense on the in-state things are not done. There's going to be maybe one or two more 
um, moves made for this 2017 class on the in-state front. And two of the guys that jump out, we've been talking about them for a while, running back Jalen Bradley. They're waiting on some things. But another one I still think you want to watch on that offensive line, especially if things fall through with Fialaga and Foster Sorrell, is offensive tackle Chris Walker, currently a Wyoming commit uh, from Lincoln East as a guy that could maybe get a late Nebraska offer. Yeah, and I think that's something to, to really pay attention to. If Nebraska does happen to, to kind of strike out with Chuck Filiaga and Foster Sorrell, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's a, a good group of, of uh, you know, maybe – I always hate to use the term plan B guys, but, you know, Nebraska obviously has a contingency plan in place if they do miss out on their on their top targets. And I think Chris Walker definitely factors into that mix. He's a kid they really liked at camp, but – maybe was not as college ready as some of their other top targets. Um, you know, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of being able to, to transition to college football right away, but there's no doubt that this kid is, is a, a good college prospect. Uh, maybe a, a great, uh, tremendous de developmental project. I think um, just when you look at his size and athleticism, I mean, he's, He's 6'5", 6'6", you know, 270 pounds, and there's not a, an ounce of bad weight on the kid. And, uh, so he, he's definitely going to be a monster. And, and if uh, if things kind of fall through here, I could see Nebraska pulling the trigger here and, and maybe stealing another guy away from Craig Bull at Wyoming. And Jalen Bradley? Yeah, and Jalen Bradley. I mean, this is a pl another player that Nebraska's liked for an awful long time. They invited him to pretty much every home game during the season, which is always a good sign. Uh, you know, when when you're talking about being on Nebraska's radar, if you're being invited down to to Memorial Stadium each each home game, that means that they're very interested in you. And uh, he obviously had a tremendous season, a record-breaking season um, in helping the Thunderbirds there at Bellevue West, uh, you know, capture a Class A state title and. Uh, and, and we know that there's, you know, been some, some work that needed to be done in the classroom there or, or with a test, test score. But, um, I tell you what, I, I think that things are trending in the direction where if, if those, if there's a couple things that happen, Nebraska would pull the trigger and offer him. I think he's a very complete back Nebraska, uh, coach Reggie Davis really likes him. I think the whole coaching staff does, uh, think that he could be a tremendous fit, uh, in this offense and, um, you know, I would not be shocked one bit if if Nebraska did offer. Um, and I don't think Jalen would would mess around with that. I think if that offer came, I, I think that uh, I think that he would he would uh, go ahead and jump on it fairly quick. Well, that puts a wrap here for this edition of the Husker Online Show. A reminder, it's a 2.30 game Friday. We've had full coverage from Nashville here uh, from the beginning of the week and on. So make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com as uh, we will have complete post-game coverage on Friday as well as follow-up coverage after um, Friday's game here against Tennessee. But uh, that wraps it up uh, for the 2016 year of the Husker Online Show. We'll talk to you next in 2017. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.